We're in the book of Proverbs, words to live by. And, uh, you know, I love the book of Proverbs. It's full of practical advice. And, uh, you know, it, you know, there's some scripture that's doctrine. And, uh, we all need sound doctrine because it, it keeps us from going, getting in error, going off track. And, but then there's application. There's things that it's not doctrine. It's not like the, the bumpers on a, a bowling alley. It's, it's things that you can apply in your life on Monday morning. And I love, I love application. Don't you love application? And that's what I so love about Proverbs. In week one, we talked about acquiring wisdom. In week two, Pastor Kelly talked to us about healthy relationships. Last week, we talked about how to make wise decisions. We are where we are. We're going to be where we're going to be according to the decisions that we make today, right? Today, I want to talk to you about learning how to keep your cool. Now, for some of you, that this message won't make sense. But if you got a short fuse, if you get easily ticked off, you got a lack of patience with people, I think this message might be for you, right? And so, you know, the average, uh, I think it's a good subject to deal with on Father's Day because listen to the stats about, about uh, temper management. It says this, the average man loses his temper six times a week. The average woman loses her temper only three times a week. That's the average. That's not necessarily true in every family, right? Now, women get angry more often at people, but men get angry at things. Like when equipment won't work, right? When the car won't start. I mean, we're kicking, right? That's men. And then men are usually more physical with anger than women. That's not so good, right? And usually more likely to express our anger, this is men and women, at home with family than anywhere else. And surprisingly, this surprised me, singles, single adults express anger twice as often as married adults. But I think I know why, because we iron sharpens out. We done sawed off the, the horns off of each other as married people, right? But as you can see... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a joke. As you can see, <laughs> we need to learn at how to keep our cool, right? And so Proverbs 25, 28 says this, like a city that is broken into and without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. Now, in biblical times, you know, Tanya and I got a chance to go to Germany a few years back, and they still have some walls. There's, there's, there were walled cities in biblical times, and they'd build these walls around the city for protection and for security. And without walls, the cities were very vulnerable and defenseless, and easily the city could easily get defeated. And so it is with people who have no control over their spirits or they have no self-control, they have, they are become defenseless. In fact, Proverbs 25, 28 in the message says it like this. A person without self-control is like a house with its doors and windows knocked out. People who have no self-control, they're going to have all kinds of problems. People who can't control their spirit, they're going to have problems with addictions. They're going to have problems. They're going to have health problems because they're going to make some poor choices. They, they're going to have relational problems. Whenever you can't control your spirit, you're going to have financial problems. Your finance is going to be a mess and you're going to have emotional problems. 
people who have no control over their spirits become very vulnerable, like that city, very defenseless and can easily get defeated. And so that's why we need to talk about this. There's some great examples in the Bible. Why? In fact, you remember Esau. Esau lost his first, his firstborn birthright, which was the double portion blessing because he wasn't able to control his appetite for food. I mean, for a bowl of lentil soup, he gave away his firstborn blessing. Remember Moses. Moses never got a chance to go into the promised land because he couldn't control his temper. You remember? He got angry at the Israelites, and because of it, he ended up disobeying God. And then, you know, King David, he succumbed to sexual temptation, and he committed adultery and murdered Uriah, and trouble never left his house. Why? Because he didn't have control over his spirit. Alexander the Great, which is one of history's greatest military minds and established the largest empire in the ancient world, in a fit of rage... He struck and killed his best friend and his favorite general. And he cried out, I've conquered the world, but I can't even conquer my own soul. Proverbs 29, 11 says, a fool always loses his temper, but a wise man holds it back. It's foolish to lose your temper, but it's wise to learn how to control it. A wise man learns how to keep his cool and control his temper. Wouldn't you agree? So then the question is, how do you do that? How do you keep your cool? Let me give you a couple of suggestions. Number one, you can better keep your cool when you take time to remember the consequences of losing your cool, right? We need to remember we always pay a high price when we lose control, when we lose our cool, when we get ticked off. Four things to remember when you lose your cool. Number one, remember, anger damages relationships. That's a no-brainer. It damages relationships. Proverbs 15, 18, a quick-tempered man starts fights. A cool-tempered man tries to stop them. Whenever you have an anger problem, you start fights. A hot-tempered man starts fights. You'll never have a healthy relationship if you can't control your anger or your temper. You'll suffer in your relationships with your spouse, with your children, with your coworkers, in your neighborhood, right? If you're constantly getting in fights with people, maybe it's because really you have an anger problem. Proverbs 29, 22 says, people with quick tippers cause a lot of quarreling and trouble. So always remember this. When you lose your temper, you lose more than you're cool. You lose people's respect. You lose people's trust and openness with you and you damage good relationships. A second thing to remember about losing your cool is remember that anger gets you into all kinds of trouble. And uh, Proverbs 29, 22 says a hot-tempered man starts fights and gets into all kinds of trouble. You know, Will Rogers said this. Will Rogers, we can learn from him. He said, people who fly into a rage seldom make a good landing. Isn't it true? Anger will cause you to do things you would never otherwise do. You know, I, I just, I, I got a, I got the, the uh, unique privilege of working with a few angry bosses over the years, and it could be quite hilarious. 
You know, whenever I think of anger, I always think about the guy I was working with, I was pulling nails and the nail wouldn't come out. And so he tried to knock it in and it wouldn't go in. And so he couldn't pull it out. He couldn't knock it in. And he got so mad that he just finally took the hammer and he threw it. And the problem was the hammer hit a, another board and it came back and it popped him in the head. And I was there as an employee and I couldn't laugh, of course. And I just was inside though. I was, I was rolling. It's like, oh my goodness. I wouldn't get his hammer for him, right? But, uh, you know, I remember whenever I was a youth pastor, uh, there was a young guy, and, and this is really not funny, but he had problems with his control and his temper. He, he had this deep-seated anger that would just come out. And every once in a while, his parents would call me and say, hey, can you talk to our son? He would get so mad, he would slam the doors off the hinges. He would punch holes in the wall. One day... He got so mad, he had a new car. He punched the car and put a big old dent in his car and broke his wrist. He didn't want to be that way, but he had a problem. He had a problem. Do you know anybody like that? I wonder how many people are sitting in jail right now just because they had no control over their spirit. They had, they had a short fuse. Anger will get you into all kinds of of trouble, it'll cost you people's respect, your freedom, your health, your job, your spouse, your kids, your dignity, your sanity. A third thing to, a third thing to remember is losing your cool. Remember, anger causes you to sin. Hardly anything will cause you to sin more when you got a temper problem. Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know why the scripture says, be angry and do not sin? Because... Anger causes you to sin. Whenever you get angry, I mean, it's inevitable. You're going to do something that's not going to be pleasing in the eyes of God. Now, remember, not all anger is bad. There is an anger that, that, that can be healthy and acceptable. You could be angry and not sin. That's why the Bible says, be angry and sin not, right? Remember Jesus, when he turned over the, the, the tables and the money changers, there was righteous indignation. He didn't, he didn't get mad in sin. Remember when, when Jesus was angry with the crowd, they were upset that he healed somebody. And in Mark 3, 5, after looking around at them with anger, grieved at their hardness of heart, he said to them, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was restored. Now, Jesus was angry at the crowd's hardness of heart, but he didn't allow his anger to cause him to sin. He didn't start knocking everybody over the head. Even in his anger, he didn't sin. So we need to remember, there's a righteous anger that's okay, but then there's a righteous, or there's a unrighteous anger that leads to sin. James 1 and 19 says, This you know, my beloved brethren, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger, for the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Man, you know, one day when I read that scripture, I realized it never does me any good when I leash out at somebody. Can I get a witness, everybody? So Jesus reminds us the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. In other words, the emotion of anger is often the emotion that causes us to sin against the God that we love and that we're wanting to serve. 
That's what happened to Moses, remember? He got upset with the Israelites because they were, they were murmuring and complaining and they were not satisfied. They always had something they were bothered about and God had miraculously delivered them. And Moses got so angry that eventually he sinned against God and it cost him the promised land. So a fourth thing to remember about anger is remember, unresolved anger gives the devil an open door into your life. If you don't get control over it, it's going to get stronger and it's going to get greater. How does anger give the devil an entrance into your life? As the Bible says, be angry and do not sin and do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. Usually, I think the way that we give the devil an opportunity is through harboring unforgiveness towards somebody. And, you know, anger is caused usually by someone mistreating you, hurting you, offending you in some way which leads to unforgiveness. And so unforgiveness always gives the devil a foothold in your life. It gives it the enemy an entrance into your life. I tell you, if you could just play out, if we could just, if we could put on the screen the step-by-step process of somebody getting wounded, somebody getting hurt, taking offense, and watch what happens to their life. The enemy takes advantage of that opportunity. So listen, it's okay to get angry when you've been hurt by someone, but you must forgive your offender right away. You got to close that door. Amen? Because if you don't, then bitterness is going to, the spirit of offense is going to come in. And the spirit of offense is a demonic stronghold. And sometimes you see people walking around and you won't know they have it, but if you press the right button, if you say the wrong thing, boom, they blow up like a hand grenade. To help you know or to help you keep your cool, take time to remember the consequences of getting angry. It's never good when you lose your temper. If you agree, say amen. amen. A second way to, to learn to keep your cool is learn how to manage your emotions. You know, one of the greatest attributes you can develop in your life is not IQ, which is intellectual or mental intelligence, but EQ, which is called emotional Intelligence. How many of you ever heard of that? Emotional intelligence. What is emotional intelligence? It's having the capacity to be aware of and control and express one's emotions in a healthy way. Whenever you don't have emotional intelligence, you're, you're, you're just all over the place. Listen, in other words, it's having the ability to manage your emotions. Emotional intelligence is having the ability to not go crazy and not throw things, not to pout and to salt or to punch the wall. Because some people will punch the wall. Some people, they just like, like a three-year-old. You know, and it's okay when it's a three-year-old because you're trying to help them develop emotional intelligence. But listen, when you're an adult and you pout, that's not cool. Come on, y'all help me right there. Say amen. Help me out, right? That's not cool, right? Because we, we need to grow emotionally. And so, listen, we can learn how to manage our emotions if we'll just start taking responsibility for our emotions. Proverbs 20, 29, 11 says, A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise person quietly holds it back. So a foolish person expresses his anger by pouting, shouting, screaming, slamming doors, and using physical force. A wise person manages his anger by holding it back choosing to control his actions and his reactions. Somebody said anger is one letter short of danger. 
So nothing good can come when you don't control your anger. Thomas Jefferson said, when you're angry, count to 10. And if you're still angry or you're very angry, count to 100. If you're still angry, keep counting. In other words, do anything you can to not react. Control it. In other words, learn how to manage your emotions. Amen. Now, how, uh, you know, how do you, how do you express your, your emotional upheaval? You know, in Cajun vernacular, what do you do when you get ticked, you? Huh? Now, there's three, <laughs> three ways we, <laughs> somebody just caught it on now, now I understand. Now, there are three ways we can typically deal with anger. One is we can repress it. That's when you internalize it or you ignore it like you're not even angry. You deny that it's, it's even there. And so you stuff it and you're seething on the inside. And then you become like a volcano and you erupt on somebody. And Lord, help the person you erupt on, right? Number two, you express it. That's when you get, you get full vent of your anger. You're very vocal and aggressive. And, and uh, you, you know, you don't have a problem telling people what you think. Then you become like a chainsaw and you leave bleeding people all around you. But then a third way you can deal with anger is process it. That's when you take the time to reflect and think through your anger and you take full responsibility for it. Emotional intelligence to honestly is to honestly process what you're emotionally feeling, but also consider other people's feelings and then to take full responsibility for how you react when you're angry. Managing your emotions. James 1.19 says, This you know, my beloved brethren, everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Slow to anger means we got to learn how to manage our anger. And so, how do you do that? That's what I want to know, right? Come on, how many of you say, all right, enough about all that other stuff. How do you, how do you get a, a handle on it? How do you keep your cool? Let me give you some, a couple of suggestions. Take control of your thoughts. You know, 2 Corinthians 10.5 says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You know what I found? I found that anger can't grow unless I allow the negative thoughts to keep working around in my mind. In fact, I can go from a 3 to a 10 if I'll just think about it long enough. Anger grows when I think about it and I, I feed the hurt and the offense of others, and I keep replaying it in my mind over and over again. I can't believe. I think, I, you know, yeah. And you're thinking about it, right? And so anger grows. But anger diminishes when I take captive the thoughts and keep replaying the situation over and over. Are y'all hearing me out there? And so if you notice it, the enemy, you forget everything except your offense. And the enemy will make sure you don't forget that. You pop, your eyes pop up in the morning. First thing you think about that offense. And the enemy will say, come on, think about it some more. Think about it some more. And your blood pressure will keep rising and your anger will keep seething. So you got to take captive your thoughts. Amen. And so to manage your anger, you have to control your thoughts and take negative, revengeful thoughts captive and saying, I'm not going to entertain that. I'm not going to allow that to build a great case against everybody in the world. Amen. The second way to manage anger is forgiving your offender. If anger is the fruit of unforgiveness, shouldn't forgiving your offender release you from the stronghold of anger? And so listen, Ephesians 4, 6 says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. You know what that means? It means to forgive quickly. 
It means to forgive quickly. You know what? The longer you hold on to offense, the stronger the offense will be. The quicker you forgive, the easier it'll be to forgive. The quicker you forgive, the less power anger has in your life. And the easier it is to manage your emotions. If we don't allow the Lord to help us control our anger, listen, the devil will use our anger to control us. Let me say that again. If we don't allow the Lord to help us control our anger, the devil will use our anger to control us. The third way to manage anger is to watch your words. Watch your words. If you, if you say something, why are you mad? You're going to regret what you said. Proverbs 21, 23 says, watch your tongue and keep your mouth shut and you will stay out of trouble. <laughs> Some of us, we need to post that up on our mirror in our bathroom, right? <clears throat> keep your mouth shut helps you manage your anger because our mouths usually Few our anger. Let, let me just say it while I'm thinking about it. One of the, one of the ways that we fuel our anger today that, that the Bible didn't know we were going to deal with is Facebook. Ne never post anything negative on your Facebook because you're just revealing the level of your character. Are y'all with me? Say, well, Todd, I was so ticked. I know. I know you're taking, but don't tell the world about it. Because you're just going to, you're going to pour gasoline on the fire. Keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 15.1 says, a gentle answer quiets anger, but a harsh one stirs it up. Whatever you do when you're angry, resist making sarcastic remarks. And everybody that's married said, Amen. Amen, brother. Preach that again. Because listen, harsh words usually escalate the problem. Can I get a better amen? Hey, listen, Proverbs says a gentle answer quiets anger. Well, whose anger does it quiet? Yours? First, your anger, and then another person's anger. Have you noticed that the louder you talk, the angrier you get? And we say, I'm not angry. Well, man, I could have sure thought so. Because <laughs> you don't normally talk like that. You know, why your face is so red? Why is these veins popping out right here? <laughs> Come on, are y'all with me? Hey, let's laugh at each other or else we're going to have to cry in each other's arms, right? So listen, have you noticed that the louder you talk, the angrier you get? So if you want to turn down the anger, turn down the volume and talk quieter. You'll be quieter, you'll be calmer. And it's really true. Have you ever, uh, I, I've tried this, a gentle answer turns away wrath. You, have you ever been like somewhere uh, buying something and the person that's checking you out is not, has a, has a temper problem? You, you, you found out they had a temper problem and it ticked you off and so you retaliated and you said something harsh back whenever they chewed you out. Have you noticed how that quietens everything down? No. Have you noticed how it escalates everything? And so, you, you know, so, you, but if you give up, if you return a quiet answer, like I, I've, I've learned every once in a while, not all the time. Sometimes Tanya says, I think you forgot Jesus at home. 
You know, hey, you need, you need to invite him to come back right now. Uh, I'm not seeing Jesus right here, right? So, so yes, ma'am, I, I agree. But you know, I've noticed that, you know, whenever somebody, whenever you, you, you purchasing something in public and the person is not being very friendly and they mad at you because you showed up. And you thought that that's what you were supposed to do, you know. And But I've noticed that if I just say, you having a tough day? <laughs> it's better to say, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Quiet answer turns away wrath. So you got to watch what you say. Because if you don't watch what you say, you say something which really escalates the problem, which really escalates your anger. And if you notice, if you don't watch what you say, your voice tone will get higher and higher along with your anger. It'll get higher and higher. A third way we can better control, keep our cool is try to get to the root cause of your anger. You know, if you think about it, anger is never the real problem. Anger is just the fruit of the root. Anger is usually an indication that something deeper is going on in, on the inside of you. And sometimes it's not so easy to really detect. Anger is really a warning light, a red flag, that there's something deeper going in, on, on inside your spirit. Because we're not, it's, anger is not a typical emotion that should rule our life. So a good question to ask is, why am I getting angry? Why do I have a short fuse? There are three reasons we get angry. One is because you're hurt. When you're physically, spiritually, or emotionally hurt, you get angry. And you know, Father's Day, this is Father's Day, but really, you know, a lot of times, us as fathers, we provoke our children to anger. And there's some adults here that were children that were provoked to anger. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How can a father anger his children? By hurting them through neglect or physically or verbally abusing them. Right? So first of all, your anger might be because you're, you're hurt. A second source of anger is because you're frustrated. When nothing seems to be working in your life, when you're forced to wait, when things don't go as planned, when others aren't behaving or acting properly, it can make you mad. It can make you angry. You're frustrated because sometimes other people's action messes up your life, ruins your peace. That's what happened to Moses. It, he let the Israelites mess him up. He was frustrated with them. They were never satisfied. They were never content. That God delivered them from, from Egyptian bondage, but they still weren't happy. A third source of anger is when you're insecure, when you're threatened, when you're afraid, when your self-worth is attacked. When you back a cat up in a corner, they all start attacking you. Why? Because their security is being threatened. And so sometimes that's what happens to us. When someone attacks our self-worth, when someone backs us up in a corner or, or attacks our security, we're like a cat and our claws come out. And we're ready to scratch. 
Someone said, all people with an overactive temper are usually just insecure. Wow, that's powerful. Proverbs 17.27 says, people who stay calm have real insight. People who stay calm figure out why they're upset, why they're ticked off, and they deal with the real issue. Listen, we can try pulling all the fruit off the tree, but the fruit is never going to change until we get to the root of the tree, right? Remember, anger is just the fruit. So we have to figure out the root problem. So the question to ask is, why are you angry? Try to identify the the source. Are you hurt? Are you frustrated? Are you insecure? These are, isn't this real? How many, one time in your life, maybe, just maybe, you might have got angry before. Let me see your hands. Look around and see how many liars we have in here. It's, it's a real emotion. We all deal with it, right? And so, listen, you know, if you're angry, if you're an angry person, I understand. I understand. But God wants to help us. He wants to help us. Because He doesn't like the damage it causes us. So a fourth and a final way to learn to control or keep your cool is to ask God for help. Ask God for help. There are three ways you can ask God for help. One is, admit to God you have an anger problem. Just admit it. You know, don't use excuses. Don't put the blame on somebody else. If you lose your cool, it's your baby. Come on, are y'all with me? Say amen right there. That means you, you agree with that, right? If you lose your cool, you can't blame it on the rest of the world. Those of you that have a problem repressing your anger, the best thing to do is to begin expressing to God, God, I am so ticked off. God can handle it. He can handle it. But that's not Facebook. Face to face with God. That's where we need a vent in. Before God, God, if that boy does that one more time, I'm going to take his head off. And God will say, no, you won't. You can't do that. That's my son. Don't take his head off. Okay, God, what's an alternative? See, (laughs) vent it to God. Amen. Those of you that have a problem expressing your anger in an unhealthy way, instead of begin processing it, uh, you know, with people, process it with God. You know, just talk to God about it. It sounds so elementary, it sounds so basic, but I'm telling you, listen, if you get in the God's presence and you're ticked, God knows you're ticked. You ain't even got to tell him, he already knows. He already knows. He knows what's in our heart, right? And so it's okay. It's like, I'm not, I'm going to tell God that I'm ticked. I mean, what's he going to think of me? Well, he already knows. So just tell him, just tell him, God, I'm a hothead. I'm a hothead, and I need your help. It all starts with taking ownership and responsibility for your anger. 1 John 1, 9 says, If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive our sins and purifies from all unrighteousness. An excuse is not repentance. An excuse is not confession. Whenever you repent, you confess, you take ownership. Say, God, I am sorry. That's the only thing that works. To be honest and transparent with God. Are y'all with me? 
If you really want to change, start admitting to God, Lord, I need some help here, okay? The second way to ask God for help is ask God to help you to forgive those who hurt you. You'll never be able to control your anger until you willingly forgive those who have hurt you and and maybe hurting you. They may still be hurting you. Matthew 6, 14 says, For if you forgive others for their transgressions, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your transgressions. Listen, you know what? Forgiveness is a choice, but it's not an option. It's not an option. We have to forgive. Say, why, Todd? They don't deserve to be forgiven. I understand that too. But we don't need to, we don't deserve to be forgiven either. But Jesus forgave us. And so he says, the same mercy I extended towards you, I want you to extend to others. And so, if you want to be forgiven, you must forgive, right? And this is real. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you say it's okay what they did or what they're doing. It doesn't mean that. It just means that you release them from your heart and you're not going to try to get even with them. You're going to let God do that. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. Right? And then finally, you ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit. Remember the verse in Proverbs we started off with today? It was this verse, Proverbs 25, 28. Like a city that is broken into without walls is a man who has no control over his spirit. People who have no control over their spirits become very vulnerable, defenseless, and get easily defeated, just like a city without the protection wall. People who have no control over their spirits will have all kinds of problems in their life. Addiction problems, health problems, relational problems, financial problems, emotional problems. So how do you, how do you deal with that? How do you get control of your spirit? The answer is through the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the good news. That's the good, that's the hope that we have. That we can, you know, like I, I just saw something on the news. This guy spent 30 years in prison for rape and with new DNA testing, they found out he wasn't the guy. He spent 30 years in prison and he has absolutely no animosity in his heart. He's, he's just a, a light bulb full of the love of God. And they said, how can you not be bitter? And he said, well, he said, it's God. That's how. Come on, how many of you know God can just give you a sweet spirit? Amen. Come on, he can give you control over your spirit. And it doesn't matter what they do. They can slap you on your in your face and you're not going to punch them out. You're going to turn the other cheek. How can that happen? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Galatians 3 or 5, 22 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Amen. Gaining control of your spirit comes through the fruit of the Spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. That's why, gang, when you come to church and you worship, don't sit here with your arms crossed. You want to get control over your spirit. Ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit. Because the more filled with the spirit of God is, the more the fruit you're going to have. Peace, love, joy. 
Listen, man, the more light you're going to have in your life. And listen, ladies, it's going to make you prettier when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's going to make you more handsome when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's going to give you some spiritual biceps. Amen. Come on. How many of you want to get filled with the Spirit? Would you stand with me? Let's close. We need to be filled with the Spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians, don't be drunk with wine. Be filled with the Spirit. The more Spirit-filled I am, the more self-control I have. So can we just can we just land the plane? Would you just close your eyes for just a moment? Here's application. Here's application. Don't abort the message. Let's make application. Just close your eyes with me for just a moment. Listen, you know yourself better than anybody else. Ask yourself this morning, do I have a short fuse? Do I lose my cool? Do I have an anger problem? It's expressed with lack of patience, with harsh words, with sarcastic remarks. With throwing things, slamming things. Can we just be honest with God today? If that's you this morning, can you just admit it to God and say, Lord, I'm, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Can we just, just ask the Lord right now, just, ask, just admit it to God. God, would you forgive me? Just tell him, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I'm sorry. Just ask him to forgive you right there where you are. Just think about the consequences. Some of you are shooting yourself in the foot over and over again. And, you, and you're upset where you are in the world and maybe it's your own fault. Maybe there's a deep-rooted anger inside of you. Come on, ask God to help you to figure it out. Lord, why am I angry? And maybe you need to ask him. Maybe you need to forgive somebody that's hurt you, that's wounded you, that's frustrating you by their behavior, their actions. Just right there from your heart, just ask the Lord to forgive you. Just forgive that offender. Say, Lord, I forgive them. And then come on, let's ask the Lord to fill us with this Holy Spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Sometimes we drink wine, we get drunk, we drink. We, we do things to try to ease our emotion. But God wants to give us healthy emotional balance. And He wants to give us, He wants to give us just peace in our heart and the tranquility that's not easily upset. Father, we pray right now, Lord, fill us with your spirit, God. Baptize us with your spirit, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the power of the Holy Spirit that's coming upon us right now. Listen, the more self-controlled I am, the less likely I'll be to be controlled by an angry spirit. The more spirit-filled I am, the more likely I will be to have self-control. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus in John 3, Nicodemus, you must be born again. 
Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never said yes to Jesus and, and and become a Christian, you have to make that decision. And I want to give you a chance right now to to cross the line, to just say, Lord, I don't want to just, I don't want to keep the tires of Christianity. I want to be one. I want to live for you. I want to serve for you. I, I just want to give my life to you. Would you accept me today? If that's you, just lift your hand and I want to pray a special prayer for you. Thank you, sir. I see your hand. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. And I just want to know that there's somebody here. I see your hand back here. Anywhere else, just raise your hand. Ma'am, I see your hand right here. Come on, this is your moment. Come on, just say yes to the Lord. Lord, I need you. I want you. Those of you that have your hands raised, we're going to pray together. Say this with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and shedding your blood so my sins could be forgiven. Lord, I repent. I'm sorry for every sin I've ever committed. Lord Jesus, I want to live the Christian life. And today, I choose to live for you. Thank you, Lord, for accepting me. Thank you for cleansing me. I give my all to you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Listen, when you become a Christian, you become the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's the beginning of getting filled with the presence of God. Amen. How many of you glad you are at the temple of the Holy Spirit? And greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And you can control your spirit through the power of his spirit. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer, there's a card in the pew that says, I made a decision. If you'll take the time to fill that out, bring it to the lobby. We won't harass you or anything, but we want to pray for you. And we have a gift for you as you start this new journey. Don't be embarrassed about it. That's what we do here. Amen. Amen. Well, happy Father's Day. Don't forget, men, we got a gift for you. You got a little treat. It's some meat, okay? And uh, and so men usually like meat, some beef jerky on the way out. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I pray the favor of God, the blessing of God. Lord, may you bless every family represented here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. God bless you. Happy Father's Day. You have a great day.